KMTT, Kinitzion Tetzei Torah, today's Thursday. We have the weekly shiur in topics in Hilchot Kashrut, given by Harav Asaf Bednash. In a previous shiur, we discussed the halachic status of fruits or vegetables that have an insect infestation within them. We mentioned that the mainstream halacha, paskins, that it is usher to eat fruits or vegetables with insects in them. Although the Orach HaSholchan was Malamit Tzchos justified the practice of those who are lenient in this regard. Today, I'd like to discuss the question of Lechachila, how we know which fruits or vegetables have insects within them and which do not. If we follow the mainstream halacha, which tells us that if there are insects in a fruit or vegetable, it is treif, how do we know which fruits can be assumed to be insect-free and which fruits we assume to be treif. Unfortunately, I cannot promise to paskin actual halacha on specific types of fruits or vegetables since the facts change rapidly and species that have been infested in previous years may have improved or species that were relatively bug-free may have become worse. I want to deal with the general principles of the matter and then on each individual basis the listener or his or her local Orthodox rabbi can apply them lima'aseh. There is a wonderful sefer called Bidikat Hamazon Kahalacha by Rav Moshe Waya, Rav Moshe Vaya, who uh, did a lot of research into the prevalence of insects, the nature of those insects, how to remove them in basically every species of fruit, vegetable, or uh, living thing known to mankind. And it comes out very machmir. There's very few things, by the time one finishes the Sefer, that one can eat without an extremely arduous process of checking first. And uh, many foods one cannot eat with or without checking. What I'd like to do is look at the sources for these halachot, what some of his assumptions are, and how one can disagree with them in order to understand the range of possible halachic stances one could take in this issue. The main halachic factor involved here is the prevalence of insect infestation in a given species or type of fruit or vegetable. The Shulchan Aruch in Yoridea Siman Peidalet Halchot mentions There are fruits or vegetables which are normally infested and which are not. And for halachic purposes we divide all fruits or vegetables into one of three categories. One category is a fruit or vegetable which is 50% or more likely to be infested. If a fruit or vegetable, let's ignore the case of 50%, which uh, we can assume is not that common, let us say it is 51%, 60%, 70% likely to be infested. By the rule of rove, we have to assume that that fruit or vegetable is infested with tolaim, with bugs. If so, then according to the mainstream halacha, it is treif, and one may not eat it until one cleanses it using a methodology that has been established to be effective in removing bugs from this fruit or vegetable. Most of the cases we deal with, however, are fruits or vegetables which are less than 50% likely to be infested. Based on the rule of rove, halachically, we should paskin that such a fruit or vegetable is in fact not infested, and we should be allowed to eat it because... There's no infestation there in the first place, then there's no halachic shayla. 
However, this raises the question of whether one can always rely on the principle of rov. Certainly, if there is no way to figure out the answer to our halachic question, then we follow the principle of rov. However, what if one can check and find out the answer? Then, do we still follow the principle of rov? This is dealt with by the Rishonim all over Shas, including the Ramban in the Mulchamo Tashem at the beginning of Masechet Chulin, where he deals with the Gemara that discusses someone who shechts. We're referring to the old days, the time of the Gemara, before there was a licensing procedure for Shochtim. Someone who shechts, and you don't know whether or not he is qualified, whether or not he is an expert in the laws of Shechita. So the Gemara says, Rov Mitsuyin Eitzel Shechita Mum Even though, assume in all times in Jewish history, most Jews were not experts in Shechita, most Jews didn't shecht. However, Rov Mitsuyin Eitzel Shechita, most Jews who do in fact shecht, know what they're doing. Most Jews would not shecht unless they knew the halachot of Shechita properly. Sure, some Jews are careless, don't have very much Yeret Shemayim, or perhaps are overly confident of their own abilities and might check without knowing what they're doing, but most of the time you can assume it's okay. How, therefore, if an animal or a bird has been shechted by a, uh, by a Jew who is at least presenting himself or attempting to shecht in the halachic fashion, and we have no way of knowing whether that Jew was qualified or not, whether he was a mumche, then we can eat the meat because we assume that Alpirov, that it was shechted by a qualified shochet. However, what if the shochet is here? The Gemara seems to imply, it's a machloket bishonim, but we paskin that if the shochet is here, then we have to check him to make sure that he knows Hilchot Shechita. The Ramban explains that this is because, since we can ascertain the truth, we have no right to rely on a rov if we can actually find out the answer, by checking the shochet. We only use the rule of rov when we can't find out the truth. Then we take our best guess, which is to follow the odds. But if we can find out the truth accurately, why rely on rov when we can find out the actual answer? The Rabban points out, of course, that we do not always implement this principle. There are cases where we rely on a rov, and we do not bother to check, such as, for example, most animals have a hole in the krum shalmoach and the membrane surrounding the brain, which would render a trefa. When we shecht an animal, we don't chop open the head to check if that, the covering of the brain is intact, because it's likely that it's kosher anyway. What is the difference between those robes, which we rely on without checking first, and those cases where we only rely on the robe if we cannot check, but if we can check, we try to find out the answer? The Ramban explains, and this opinion is accepted by the other Rishonim as well, that there's a difference between a rove with a miot ha-matsui and a rove with a miot she'eno matsui. If the rove is so overwhelming that the minority is not even common, 99.9% of the time it's okay, 0.1% of the time in very rare occasions there's a halachic problem, then since the minority of problematic cases is not common, eno matsui, we don't even bother to check. We consider that an absolute verity that the rove holds. However, in cases where there is a miot hamatsoi, where the minority case is common, say 60% of the time it's kosher, but 40% of the time it may be treif, then even though we can and should halachli rely on the rove when necessary, if possible we try to find out the answer first. The Achronu explain 
that when the rove is so overwhelming that the mi'ut is a no matsui, when the minority case is not even common, then we don't even consider this to be a suffix. It's not even a doubt. We are sure that it's okay. But when there is a mi'ot hamatsoi, when the minority problematic case is somewhat common, that even though the halacha paskins based on rove, that we can be lenient, there is a suffix. There is a doubt. There is a doubt which we can paskin leniently. But since there's a doubt, we have to try to resolve that doubt before we paskin. Only if we can't resolve it do we have the right to rely on rove. But if we can find out the answer, why leave the situation in doubt and try to pask in the doubt when we can actually find out the truth? So, halakha lemaisa, this principle is firmly established. The Ramah in Simen Feidalid, Seifchet, and the Shach in his commentary there, Sifkatan Chavchet, assumes so as well. When you have a fruit or vegetable and the odds of insect infestation are so slim that it is not common, it's a miyotcheino motzoi, then you don't have to check at all. But when there is a miyot hamotzoi, when the odds of insect infestation are less than 50%, but still common, it's a miyot hamotzoi, then if you can check, you have to check. If it's impossible, then you can rely on the rove. But where it's possible at all to check, one must do so. We use the same principle, by the way, when it comes to trefot in meat. The minag is that depending on how you count them, but let's, uh, we usually count 18 trefot. We know what the halach is, just there are different ways of, of, uh, of categorizing them. But let's assume there are 18 trefot, 18 defects in a, an animal. Take a cow, for example, which would make a treif. Our minhag is, since the time of the Rishonim at least, that when we shecht an animal, we only check for one of those 18 trefot. The other 17 we don't bother checking for. That one is a hole in the lung. We check the lungs for holes to make sure it's not a trefa, but we don't bother checking any of the other 17 potential problems. Why do we do so? The odds are that an animal is not treif. Most animals, say, established halachic principle, most animals are not treif. However, the odds of trefa in the lungs are immediate hamatsui. There is a minority chance, there is a small but common chance to find a trefa in the lungs. Therefore, if we can check, we must check the lungs first. However, the other 17 trefot are so uncommon as to be a miot she'enu motzoi, an uncommon miot. Therefore, we don't even bother to check in the first place. So, we have three categories then when it comes to, when it comes to bugs. Number one, if the odds of infestation are higher than 50%, it is totally treif under all circumstances until you clean it, if it's even possible to clean if the odds are so slim that it's a miyachi'inu matzo, it's uncommon, then you can eat it without worrying, without thinking twice. Don't even worry about the possibility of infestation. In the middle, however, if the odds are less than 50%, but nonetheless common, a miyachi'inu then if one can check, one must check. If one cannot check, one can rely on the rove and eat it. So for example, if the food was perhaps cooked, uh, mashed up or cooked in a way where there still might be bugs floating around, but it would be impossible to find them, then one can rely on the rove and eat them. But in normal cases, where there is some way to clean them and check for bugs, then, since it's a miyot hamatsui, one is obligated to check for bugs. The Rishonim discuss the origin of this principle. Why must we check for bugs if there is a miyot hamatsui, if the odds are less than 50% but still common? And... The Rishonim seem to agree, although there are some who question that the Rishonim stay explicitly, 
that this is only a din drabanan. Mida oraita, mina Torah, as long as the odds are less than 50%, one can eat the food without worrying. Mida rabanan, they were machmir, that if the odds of finding bugs in the food is matzoy, is somewhat common, one has to check first. This is the basic halachic principle of the matter. Of course, the devil here is in the details. The question is, what is considered a miyot hamatzoy, a common, commonly found, minority case, and what is considered a miyot she'eno matzoy, an uncommonly found minority case. This is subject to much debate among the poskim, and this in two on two planes. Number one, what odds are considered matzoy? Miyot is obviously less than 50%, but uh, where do you draw the line? What number percentage do we draw the line between matzoy and eno matzoy? The mainstream halacha accepts the opinion of the Mishkanot Yaakov, who is one of the first achronim to deal with this, who draws the cutoff line at 10%. If the odds are less than 10%, that is considered you don't have to bother to check at all. If the odds are more than 10%, that is considered a and one would be obligated to check instead of relying on the rov. In contemporary times, a number of poskim have questioned the Mishkanot Yaakov and have suggested that perhaps we should be more machmir. Some of the famous poskim Nowadays, such as uh, Rav, uh, Rav Wozner, the Shot Shevet Halevi, and Ravaya quotes that Rav Yashiv also seemed to have agreed to something similar to this, suggest that perhaps we should be much more machmir. Perhaps even if the odds are less than 10%, even if it's 5% or 3%, that should still be considered a miyat hamatsoi. And they suggest instead of a numerical cutoff, a, not exactly sure how to describe it, but a different type of measurement. They say matzui means it is found, taken the literal sense. What that means is, in the normal course of life, if you have a lot of cases, you expect to find this minority occurring in some of them. To take our example of bugs, Rav Vosner would say, that if you have a whole store full of, uh, let us say, uh, apples, for example, and within that store full of apples, you would expect to find some apples with bugs in them, I don't think that's actually the case with apples. This is just an example. And that is considered matzoy. It's found in normal life. Even if the odds might be only 1%, that's still found. The storekeeper expects to find it at some point if he would look. If you look at a normal store in a truck, whatever it may be, you would find it. That is miyad hamatzoy. Only something which is so rare that you wouldn't expect to find it in normal life at all. That would be considered a miyad she'eno matzoy. A UFO would be a miyad she'eno matzoy. A case where you would expect to check a whole store, check a supermarket, and not find a single bug. And you'd be surprised to find a bug, because that's not something found in normal life. That's miyotcheino matzoi. As you see, this is a tremendous, this is a tremendous chumrah. According to the machmirim, according to the machmirim, if you, if you would expect to find bugs in a certain species at all, even in a big supermarket, to find one bug... That would be considered a miyot matzoi, because it's found sometimes, even if the odds might be 1%. However, most poskim follow the Mishkanot Yaakov, or Shlomo Zaman, or Bach Paskin that way, and most poskim have I spoken to assume that we have the right to rely on the Mishkanot Yaakov. We can therefore assume that if the odds are less than 10%, we consider that a miyot she'inu matzoi, and we needn't check for bugs, only if the odds are 10% or more, must we assume that it is a miyot ha and check for the presence of bugs. This raises, however, a second question. 
let us say we were to measure the odds at 10%. 10% of what? I believe we mentioned in earlier shears that in halacha, the answer usually depends on how you ask the question. And not meaning do you ask the question nicely or not nicely, does the pose care about you or not. In a formal conceptual sense, depending on how you are conceptually obligated to ask the question, the answer will be different. This is a clear application. Let us say I have a box of dried apricots and I pick up an apricot. Do I ask the question, is infestation a matzoi? Is it a commonly found minority case in the apricot I'm holding, in one apricot? In which case the answer might be no, only 3% of apricots have bugs. So, again, just for the sake of illustration, and therefore it would be mutter. Or do I look at the box of apricots and I say, is insect infestation a mir hamotzoi in boxes of apricots? A box of apricots, you might say, oh, the odds are 11%. 11% of boxes of apricots have a bug somewhere in them, and therefore there would be a mir hamotzoi and obligate me to check. How do we define the object about which we're asking? Obviously, if we ask about the truckload, or the storeful, or a c- tremendous carton of fruits or vegetables, then the answer might be it's very common to find a bug in a big carton. But if we ask about one piece, one leaf of lettuce that I'm about to eat, then the answer might be, oh, that's uncommon. That's a miyashe'ena matsui. Because while perhaps 40 or even 60% of big crates of lettuce might have a bug, perhaps only 15% of heads of lettuce have a bug, and perhaps only 5% of leaves of lettuce have a bug. Again, for the sake of illustration. So it all depends on how you ask the question. This is very controversial. For some reason, this question was never dealt with properly by the posthum of the previous generation. Perhaps they assumed the answer was so obvious that they didn't have to bother to tell us. And therefore, the contemporary posthum are left to Paskin purely misvara, what seems logical to them, without good proofs, one way or the other. The most uh, lenient opinion that I've ever heard is that of Rav Mordechai Willig of New York, of Yeshiva Rabbeinu Yitzhak Elchanan, who told me that he thinks we judge each bite in- independently. If in one bite of food, the odds are less than 10% that there would be a bug, that is considered a miyotche'eno matzoi, and one needn't bother to check. Because the logic being that the halacha applies to eating. You eat one bite at a time. The only problem with bugs is if you eat them. You only eat them one bite at a time. So look at each bite. That is a tremendous cool, as you can imagine. <laughs> there would be not many things one would have to check if the litmus test was a 10% odd, odds of a bug in every bite. Many other poskin, such as Rav Herschel Schechter, poskin that it depends on the serving size. After all, the shiloh of bugs comes up in eating them. One may not eat bugs. One eats not a bite at a time. So one eats many bites. One eats a serving at a time. So one looks at the serving size. What's the serving size? Each fruit is its own serving size. An apple is one apple. You know, a, uh, a lettuce is, I don't know, probably uh, a leaf. Maybe uh, two in a Caesar salad or, or, or such. So one looks at the serving size of, in rice, it would be one portion of rice. The serving size and asks, what are the odds of finding insect infestation in each serving. If the odds are less than 10%, then we a one need and check. If the odds are more than 10%, then one must, uh, one must check. Ravaya quotes from Ravazner that it depends on the amount one would check at once, which is very subjective, the amount one usually checks at once. He sees the obligation 
as stemming not from the ultimate eating, the ultimate achila, which would be prohibited if there were bugs, but from the chi of bedika. He views, apparently, that the obligation of bedika is somewhat independent from its root, which is the prohibition of eating bugs. Therefore, how much does one check at a time? I don't know. And flour, one sifts one sifter full at a time. In uh, rice, perhaps, one checks one plateful at a time. In lettuce, how much does one check at a time? People often check. I've seen people check a head of lettuce at a time. Um, so, however much one checks at a time, if in that amount there was less than a 10% chance of infestation, don't bother to check. If there's more than a 10% chance of infestation, bother to check. Rav Shlomo Zalman apparently looks at the object as it's presented in front of us. Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach says, well, looks at the object, either a head of lettuce or a bundle of parsley. The object, as one, the object, as one encounters it, as a unit, again, a unit is sometimes a physical botanical unit, such as a head of lettuce, or some things are sold in bundles. That bundle would be a unit, and therefore, the unit that one encounters, again, if, even if you buy five heads of lettuce, you buy them by the head, um, so the unit that one encounters, if that head of lettuce has a greater than 10% chance of infestation, it is a mir hamotzoi, less than 10% is a mir she'en hamotzoi. Ravaya quotes from Rebel Yashiv, somewhat similarly, the amount that one buys at a time, the amount that is packaged at once, um, if the amount that one deals with at a uh, the amount that one's de- one deals with at a at once, one judges whether I guess one bag of rice or one head of lettuce or one bunch of parsley, 10% odds one would have to check less than 10% odds one would not. There are many other possibilities as well. One could imagine following how much one is serving at the current meal, in which case the halachas would depend if one is eating by by oneself, or serving a meal to a lot of company. Uh, if you're eating by yourself, the odds might be less than 10%, you'd be putter from checking. If you're serving a meal to a lot of company, or you're running a hotel, the odds would be more than 10%, and you would be high at the check. The possibilities are somewhat endless, which is what confuses us so much, because it's very hard to bring proofs one way or the other, because of the lack of explicit discussion of this issue among the Rishonim and the earlier poskim. Halacha then, this all depends on how you define miyot hamatsoi and miyot she'eno matsoi. If one were to take a machmer definition as Ravaya leans towards doing, saying a miyot hamatsoi means anything that might be found in a store or in a truck or in the course of normal life if you looked far enough, then even a 1% chance, basically anything with any chance of infestation is a miyot hamatsoi. And everything would be obligated in bidika, would be obligated to be checked for infestation. If, however, we take the mainstream halachic opinion of 10%, then the question becomes how we measure it. Do we measure 10% of units as we take them from the store, 10% of the amount we would check at once, 10% of the amount someone eats at once, or even the exceedingly mako, 10% of bites? There is no, it is not clear how we should paskin. The, uh, or perhaps, 10% of fruits, whether they be big or small, which the Chassam Sofer seems to imply. It is not 100% clear how to paskin. Clearly, if one only has one fruit, uh, one uh, somehow is uh, walking down the street given as a gift one dried apricot, and the Chorit should be clear. 
that we look at whether 10% of apricots are infested or not, because that is all one has in front of one. Of you. That is all you have in front of you. But in a normal case, where you go to the supermarket and come home with a head of lettuce, or a bag of lettuce, or a box of apricots, or a bag of rice, etc., it is not at all clear how we should paskin. It would seem, however, that perhaps there is room to be makil and take, if not the most lenient opinion, perhaps at least be makil that we can go by 10% of the servings based on its seruf, a combination of a number of factors. Number one, we've seen in a previous year that the Arach HaShulchan is Malamed Zchus justifies the practice of those who aren't careful at all. The Arach HaShulchan justifies the stance that perhaps even if there are bugs, it would be permitted to eat. Even though we should not rely on that, ideally, that is certainly a factor, Lakula. In addition, if we are dealing with a case where no matter how you measured it, the odds would be less than 50%. The question is just, are the odds more or less than 10%? Then the whole Shaila is only about an Isra Durabanan. If we're sure that no matter how we measure it, the odds are less than 49%. Let's just say, for example, we had a certain type of lettuce where the odds of a bug in each serving of lettuce is only 2%. The odds of a bug in a head of lettuce is 30%. Either way, mida oraita, we have the right to eat this lettuce without checking because alpiro, based on the rule of rove, we can assume it doesn't have bugs. It is only mida rabanan that if there is a miyot hamotzoi, we have to check. And if we're not sure whether this counts as a miyot hamotzoi or not, together with it, since it is only an obligation midravanan anyway, and together with the justification of the Yorcha Shulchan, it would seem reasonable to be makel and perhaps take one of the more lenient opinions and use the litmus test of 10% of servings instead of 10% of heads of lettuce or 10% of bundles of vegetables. But this is all subject to a machloket between the contemporary postkin, and it is very hard to express an opinion on this machloket, not only because one does not want to stick one's head between the great poskim, but because since there are no real precedents for this in Shas and Rishonim and earlier poskim, it is hard to prove uh, one way or the other based on logic, and one is left to rely on authority. Nonetheless, even though many authorities are machmir, there are also those who are makel, and it would seem reasonable to be makel, and if one knows that the odds of infestation in even an entire package are less than 50%, and the odds of infestation in a single serving that one person will eat at once is less than 10%, it would be reasonable, perhaps, to be makel, and assume that one is not obligated to check for bugs. To, uh, to summarize, then, we established three rules when it comes to checking for bugs. If the odds of infestation are more than 50%, it is trafe under all circumstances until cleaned. If the odds are a miyot she'eno matzoi, very uncommon, which we've defined as less than 10%, then one needn't check at all. If the odds are between 10 and 50%, then if possible, and under most circumstances it is somewhat possible, one must check for bugs before eating. We discussed as well the machloket as to how to define miyot she'eno matzoi, both what the odds of eno matzoi are, and what unit we should use to measure the odds of 10%, and there is probably ground to be lenient and measure by serving size, and if less than 10% of the servings have a bug in them, then it would not be unreasonable to be makel and not check, especially given the difficulty of, uh, of checking and the fact that we might want to conserve our energies 
for the difficult process of checking those fruits and vegetables which might be more necessary to check Alpi Halacha instead of creating a situation where people will give up entirely on checking because the burden is too difficult. One issue which I've been asked by a listener, um, which I want to relate to very briefly, is I was asked, when one does have to check for bugs, does one have to check all of the, f- all of the food or only some of it? Is an explicit halacha. The Ramah says in Yoridaeus and Pedalitz Ifchet, it's not enough to check most of the fruits or vegetables. One has to, these are a pile of fruits or vegetables. One has to check all of them, not just most of them. And this seems to be an established halachic principle that when there is a miyod hamatsoi, it's not enough to just check some of them or even check most of them. One must check every single fruit or vegetable or leaf or piece for bugs. There are some cases when hashrat agencies and others who've done the research will paskin that it is permissible, let's say, to take a whole shipment of lettuce and only check three heads or such, but that is not because the actual halacha of bidita requires checking most of it. If we know there's a mira matzah of bugs, we must check the entire uh, amount. That is because for some fruits or vegetables, depending on where it came from and how it was stored, some of them have bugs commonly found in them and some of them do not. And so in some circumstances, if one checks, for example, three heads of lettuce, one may be able to use any gloi milta. One may, one may be able to say, since I know there is some lettuce which has bugs and some lettuce which doesn't, if I've checked three, perhaps I can establish that this is the type of lettuce that doesn't have bugs and therefore exempt myself from bidika. However, this is only under circumstance, so this logic would apply only under circumstance where one has specific industry knowledge that there are two types of lettuce or some fruit or vegetable, one with bugs, one without, and one doesn't know where it was grown, how it was stored, etc. When one receives a shipment, one doesn't know which type of fruit or vegetable one is receiving, then under some circumstances that logic may be valid. However, under normal circumstances, under normal circumstances, uh, we do not uh, rely on this, except in industrial circumstances where we have specific knowledge of what's going on in the field, under normal circumstances, if the halacha in fact tells you that you must check, then we must check all of it, even if we have five pieces and four of them don't have bugs, that doesn't exempt us from checking the fifth.